Welcome, friends of the universe. We are Soul Women. We are three women exploring topics ranging from social advocacy, healing from trauma, and so much more. In each episode, we aim to have deep conversations while maintaining our unique perspectives in order to promote a lifestyle of inner peace, authenticity, vulnerability, and intentional living. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode with an open mind and an open heart. Today, I just have myself and Callie present, and we are just going to do a really quick mini episode talking about insecurities because that is something that we deal with across the board in a lot of different areas in our lives, namely in our careers, with friendships, and especially in relationships. So we hope that you can relate to this episode and enjoy what we have for you. Hello. So excited to dive into this topic as we all relate to it so deeply (laughs) and that we've worked through our own insecurities every single day. Um, Something new tends to come up and those are the growing moments, right? Like that's how we step into our truth and our power when we're able to be open and honest with ourselves when those triggers or past traumas arrive or if there's just something that's just not serving you, like a thought that you're not good enough or that you can't do that. Oh, yeah, which I feel like comes from so many things. We were talking about this, like, where do insecurities stem from? Obviously, they they happen for a lot of different reasons, from your upbringing, from ways in which we are taught through bigger systemic reasons, ways in which we've gone through relationships and they've been amplified. There's a lot of things in life that we can be insecure about. So I have a pretty solid example of a time in which I was just feeling so insecure recently and I took to my journal and this is something I think that we could suggest for listeners if you're having really low moments of insecurity is taking to your journal and writing them down even if it's just like word vomit is actually so therapeutic and then when you go back and look at it you're like oh shit I was having a rough day I was feeling insecure about this and why and you can kind of analyze yourself in that moment and I just found this this morning when I knew we were going to start talking about this today in my journal and even as I went back to it just this morning I was like wow this is a really insecure moment for me this was in November I wrote I'm frustrated with myself because I don't know how to put words to how I'm feeling My mind goes in so many different directions. I'm overstimulated by myself. I feel depleted and by the universal wounds and all of my own wounds, I feel helpless. I feel like I can never do enough. I know and understand that this is my driving force and what motivates me to continue to try harder, but I also know that it puts me in a place of feeling insecure all the time. I know I need to do the work to become enough for myself or I'm never going to feel like I'm enough for others. Why can't I just simply be enough for myself now? So many triggers and unhealed emotions have been showing themselves to me all at once and I'm even reeling on what happened from past situations that I thought I've healed through. I'm exhausted by my mind all the time. We all are and that's why we seek peace in the place of no mind through meditation. I know I need to seek it further. I need to help myself. I need to do the work. This is the work, Andy. 
everyone in your life, including you, needs you to keep doing the work, even when it's hard, even when it's thankless, and even when you're so tired and insecure. Please keep going. So I guess when you look back at that, there's moments where I can kind of find clarity within myself where I'm reeling, I'm asking myself questions, but then I'm also trying to answer those questions as I'm processing through it, which I think is that place of that part of me that is healed is kind of chiming in being like, well, this is what you're doing. Remember, like this is, it's trying to sort of like bring me out of that state of insecurity. So I feel like there's always that like dual personality happening in your head, like of the, I suck, this is terrible. And then, but no, but you're not like, look at what you're doing and look at what you're trying to accomplish here. And it's just interesting when you put it down on paper and see it for yourself. Well, I think those are the moments that you can really identify what is ego and what is reality. Like, what is your soul saying versus what are the dark, twisted things that your ego is telling you? And this is why I think journaling, and if you're not a journaling person, um, like before I really got into journaling, what I would do is I would sit in the car and as I was driving, I would journal out loud to myself. I would just speak how I was feeling. And it feels really weird at first because you like pull up next to somebody uh, in another lane and they look over at you and you're just talking to yourself. But it truly is something that helps. Talk therapy. This is why people go to therapy, to talk about it. And I am new to the therapy game, which is funny because I have told everyone and their mother to go to therapy because everyone needs therapy and everyone should go to therapy, whether or not something is wrong, quote unquote wrong. But even in that space, I remember feeling nervous about it because I was like, so I'm just going to go and I'm just going to talk. Like, what if, what if she doesn't ask me questions? What if, what if there's like a silence? And it's like, that's okay that there can be silence. Silence doesn't mean you don't know something. Silence can be for processing. And if we don't allow ourselves that processing time, then how are we ever going to be able to wrap our heads around what's going on in our minds? I honestly think that that is so huge and something I've been realizing more and more as I get older is how important that processing time truly is when it comes to healing through any sort of pain or insecurities or hardships that you're going through because A lot of times, especially if you're a more extroverted person, we seek external validation when we want to tell people what we're going through because we want them to tell us it's okay and it's normal. And that's what therapy is for. That's what your support system is for. And that's all just fine. I don't think that we should go through life without help from others. But you can also, on top of that, be working on an individual level And a lot of those answers come in that silence and a lot of the the understanding of why, the why, why am I feeling this way will come from sitting with myself and just processing. And sometimes for me, I know that that looks like literally sitting and staring at the wall and just like letting my brain just reel and think. And I know we've talked about this before. There's a difference between dwelling on something and processing through something. I think once we start hitting that place of dwelling, that's coming from an insecure place. And when we're just processing, that's coming from a more healed place. And I think this is huge, especially in 
romantic relationships and especially at the beginning of romantic relationships because you are really still getting to know the person and they're still getting to know you. So there's a lot of areas in which you can misunderstand each other because you don't have a lot of knowledge of how the other person is processing or thinking about you, if they're judging you or not. So this has been an interesting place for me because I'm in a new relationship and I have been navigating this a lot through areas in which I didn't think I was insecure, but then all of a sudden something comes up and I'm like, whoa, I'm feeling really insecure about this. Like, why did this happen? And like Callie in the beginning of you and Elb, or even now, does that still happen to you? And when do you feel like those insecurities come up? Um, I feel like for my relationship with Alb, it's like looking at it now, I wouldn't have a single shred of insecurity in it. But it took me a long, a long time to get to that place because it's not just the insecurity in a relationship uh, because we can all talk about our traumas and past relationships. I had uh, an abundance of insecurities that I left my last relationships with and I didn't even take the time to fully heal between my two big relationships and so those things carry over and it took me a long time to learn that not everyone was going to leave because I had partners who made me feel abandoned even in our relationships would just leave me hanging or not communicate with me and that just became normal. I let so many of those things slide under the rug and I didn't address them because I didn't want to feel like I was imposing on their joy, (laughs) which is such a backwards thought because looking at it now, I wouldn't stand two seconds for any of those things. And I think it comes down to demanding your own peace and prioritizing your needs And knowing that it's not selfish to do that. And if you have a person in a relationship who makes you feel like it's selfish to ask for your needs to be met, that is not the person for you. They have their own insecurities that they need to move past. And it's also a fine line because you also can't go into a relationship and say, you have to do all of these things when maybe some of those things aren't fully healed within yourself either. Um, I think detachment is a huge part of that where do you have a, if you have a healthy attachment to somebody, you can allow them their space, but you have to have trust in that as well. Trusting that you giving them their space doesn't mean they're going to go off and cheat on you. Totally. And same thing the other way around. Like if I'm hanging out with a guy friend that, that I have in a group or otherwise, I have to know that my partner trusts me enough so there's nothing that is being carried over there's no resentment or or something building underneath there because I think that distances people without them even knowing yeah I think something that really stuck out to me in what you just said and you said it in a different way than this but it's that fear of taking up too much space in someone else's life and I think that has been huge for all of us and I know that that goes much deeper than just our personal experiences, but I think it's also just ancestral and generational because we're women, is I just don't want to 
do this too soon or I don't want to bring this conversation up at the wrong time and I and I just want to make sure I do it in the right way to make sure they're comfortable and they're happy and it's always accommodating the other person and it's not ever I just need to do this because this is what's right for me and if this other person doesn't like that then maybe we're not maybe we're not right for each other and that's that detachment that you're talking about Callie is if it doesn't work and they don't like my approach and they don't like the fact that I need to bring this up or how I live or whatever, then, hey, we're just not right. And that that just is what it is sometimes. I think another way to get over a lot of the insecurities in relationships, too, and I, I pretty much give all the credit to this for Albert and I's relationship and how it started and why we were able to form a really deep connection from from the get-go, just we FaceTimed for four months before actually meeting in person again. Like, come on. But it's that idea that you're detached to the outcome. So if you're detached to the outcome and you want a healthy partnership, if you actually really want a healthy partnership, how are you going to be around them? Are you going to be the same person that you are with your best friends? Are you going to be honest about the things that trigger you or piss you off or like those little things? Are you going to ask deep questions to gain a deeper understanding of them? It's kind of like you're thoroughly vetting someone who could potentially be a support system for you. That's a huge job to apply for. And I think as we grow up, we learn how picky we have to be, how picky we deserve to be, because it is just hand selecting these people to bring into your life. And you do kind of have to have a high standard. I think a lot of insecurities can be eliminated if you go about that process successfully and mindfully because then you're already having those conversations. You know that this person is more or less on the same page as you want the same things. There aren't as many questions because the thief of my joy in past relationships was always questioning if they felt the same way or questioning their their love or their commitment or their loyalty even. And I frequently tell Albert where I'm like, it's so fair that it's unfair. I'm like, I couldn't question with you even if even if I wanted to because he knows that that affirmation for me means more than any gift that you could ever buy. And knowing the other person's, this is a whole tangent, but going and knowing somebody else's love language of how they need to be reassured. No matter how healed you are, you deserve to have that reassurance in a relationship. Yeah, I think that that's actually why the three of us as friends work so well, and we talk about our relationship a lot, but because we all understand how we all need and accept love, but also we actively want to give that to the person because we want to see each other shine and we want to see each other confident and we want to see each other happy. And I think what I've struggled finding in relationships in the past is that I really look to do that for other people as much as possible and I'm not perfect, but it's definitely something I actively try to do in relationships and friendships is is build the person up, make them feel good, make them feel loved, make them feel seen and heard. And 
finding that in return can be difficult, but how do you find that in return if you're never willing to take up space and ask for it? And that was a big thing for me was in my last relationship, I never asked for anything because I thought, well, if I don't ask for anything, then I'm this perfect girl. Then how could he ever leave? How could he ever cheat? How could he ever do anything? Because I'm not doing anything that's ever going to upset him or bother him or be a burden to him. And then all that did to me was beat me down because I started losing my sense of self and I started losing my identity because I was never standing up for myself or never standing up for anything I believed in. And all of a sudden I was just like, who even am I right now? And the minute I did ask for something, this person was like, I'm out. I don't want to do this. Like, that's too much for me. And it's like, whoa, like I've never asked you for anything. And now I'm asking for something and it's too much. And there snaps that insecurity of I knew it. Now I'm taking up space. That's what I didn't want to do. That's why I never spoke up. And you you almost validate Mm -hmm. that insecurity because someone reacted exactly how you figured they would. Now, is that the kind of person you should be in a relationship with? No. Could we tell Andy that from five years ago? I wish. (laughs) But that's how we learn and hopefully demand something more healthy in our future relationships, right? Like we we improve that once we've kind of learned the hard way. Yeah. Just giving ourselves permission to take up space. Some people, the people who are not meant to be in your life, the people who you're not aligned with, will have something to say about that. 100%. Undoubtedly, uh, I can basically guarantee that somebody will be, you know, offended or take it to heart, you being your true self. But when you give yourself that permission, there's there's a certain sense of relief that comes with that, right? Of saying, oh, I'm like owning this part of me. And yes, it feels different, but does it feel more liberating? Does it give you an opportunity to really ask and step up for your own needs? Because only when we do that can we actually see our insecurities for what they are, which are usually just bullshit (laughs) or rooted in a lie or something that somebody in the past has told you. And that brings me to my point of Asking ourselves why in order to get to the root of the problem. So say why and ask yourself that until you can't anymore. And usually that will illuminate something for you. Yeah, I think getting to the root of the problem is another huge revelation that you just brought up, Callie. Because even when I'm working with clients for nutrition... I've been finding that a lot of the time it doesn't even end up stemming from food or nutrition. And the root of the cause is a lot of times what I'm working with my clients on finding or admitting or something that came up just as an example the other day was a client who hasn't really picked up a lot of the tools that I have been giving them. And I just asked why, you know, why aren't you picking these things up? Why aren't you doing this? And it's it's especially one of those questions because like when you're in the position of kind of counseling someone through something like they're paying you. So it's like, you know, you're spending hard earned money for me to help you. Why don't you pick up the tools I've been giving you? And this person wasn't able to give me the why. Well, I don't know. I don't know why. 
And so I could start trying to fill in the blanks and say, well, do you, do you not feel worthy of doing these things for yourself? Do you not feel like you deserve to do these things? Because all of these things are a form of self-love. Does that feel scary to you? Have you never made time for yourself? And that just really sparked something in their eyes of like, oh, like, yeah, I guess I kind of just shoved things to the side because I'm not my first priority. And I think when it comes down to just moving through life with whatever insecurities are in front of you, if you don't view those as your first priority to to work through and to kind of solve and give love to those areas, then they are going to start rippling out and then they are going to start affecting other relationships. So I know for me, a lot of my insecurities that kind of stem from how I was in my past relationship will come up in my new relationship. At the same time, it's for me to look at those things and say like, okay, I know this has nothing to do with the person in front of me because he is building me up. So what is it inside of me that is still allowing these insecurities to come to fruition? And what is it inside of me that's still so attached to them? Or why do I believe them? You know, what is that root cause inside of me? Mm -hmm. And I think asking ourselves, you know, am I projecting anything onto this person or this friend or relationship? We have to constantly check ourselves. And I think as people who are doing this type of inner work, if you're not questioning yourself, then you're kind of leading yourself blindly through a field, <laughs> like checking yourself and is, is looking around for any pitfalls that you might be falling into. But knowing that our value doesn't decrease based on someone's inability to see our worth. Mm-hmm. That is something that I have to say to myself over and over and over again, that it doesn't matter if this person doesn't fully see me the way that I see me because I don't have to convince them of anything. And that's where a lot of my insecurities stem from personally is trying to convince people of what I am and then feeling like they don't see it. And then I somehow say, well, if they don't see it, then maybe I'm not that thing. But that's not true. Okay, I want to read something from a journal entry that I had over a year ago, which is just, this is why I love journaling, because looking back, you just see yourself so differently, and I think it is such a beautiful thing. But here's here's what I wrote, and I was writing about, I was trying to figure out the science behind loving yourself. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I was journaling about. It's not in telling yourself the same story, the uh, I'm not good enough, smart enough, patient enough, resilient enough, funny enough, brave enough, the story that's normalized in most of our heads at this age, the version of me that I'm currently choosing to hold space for. She is the part of me that learned how to crumble into a million pieces and cry when the feeling called. She feels wild and untamed, ego dark and unfriendly, unwelcoming and twisted. I learned after all of these experiences that I needed the exact opposite of what I had. I've only recently found the potion, the recipe for pure connection to heart, soul, and people, a support system I vetted and I trusted. People who love me and do their best to understand me in all of my intensity. People who don't run when I get sad or low energy. A love for myself that will always come first. Patience with the things I can't change. Knowing I can defend my ego or I can create the life that I want to live. 
owning my power and only allowing others who share that into my close circle. If someone new wants to stay, they are more than welcome. I find a space of gentleness and loving kindness every day, and every day it grows a little more. I know how to let it happen in its own time. I can't force anything. I can only know I'm doing my best. And out of all that, I still take that to heart every single day. Am I just doing my best? Because if I am, then my insecurities aren't really doing anything. They can't convince me of anything. They can't tell me I'm not doing enough because I am. If I'm taking an intentional step, and I had a friend, my friend Zoe told me this, and I repeat it to myself every day, but every intentional action is an act of self-love. And just let that sink in. Every intentional action is an act of self-love. So the next thing that you're doing, whatever it is, even if you're filling up your water, even if you're having a hard conversation with somebody, am I doing this with intention? Because in my mind, that means you're trying to center yourself as best as you can before having those conversations, before doing that inner work even, before you can tell yourself that you're not good enough, before you can say that you're not allowed to take up space. Are you doing it with intention? And isn't it interesting that nobody else is thinking what you're thinking at any given moment? So you can be so insecure about something, but nobody else even understands that you're going through that unless you express it, right? But what you're thinking and how you're harping on yourself and how you're giving yourself a hard time, no one else is doing that. And if they are, that's something that they're obviously dealing with on their own terms because people who are judging you are people who are judging themselves. So it's the the amount of insecurity. I think about this a lot because I'm really hard on myself. I do tend to be hard on others. And that's something I'm working on improving because I need to allow others grace and space to be themselves because that's what I need and that's what I crave. Mm -hmm. And so how can I do that? Well, give more grace and space to myself. And I think that's something that I try to remind myself walking into any new situation, especially a new social setting or with a new client even, or entering in a new relationship, whatever it is, is that they're not capable of thinking what I'm thinking right now. And they're so focused on their own stuff that's going on in their head that there's no possible way that they could be judging me and critiquing me on the level that I'm critiquing me and judging me. Right. Somehow we're always our own worst critics. (laughs) Just a quick note on that one, because I think that's something that we can all relate to is why is it so hard for me to take my own advice mm-hmm. or take my own healing words? Yeah. Holy shit. If I could if I could take all of the advice that I've given to people, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't have any insecurities, but somehow we make it really hard for ourselves. It's almost like we can only have that external validation, which is not true. Yeah, I think we hold ourselves to just an incredibly high standard which to an extent is what allows people to be successful. But within that standard, it's like we keep saying, allowing that grace and allowing space. And if we can so freely give that to others, why can't we give it to ourselves? And that's just, that's a never ending question. 
something I found interesting was in an exercise that we did a while back, which was to write a love letter to yourself from your future lover. Or if you were already in a relationship, it was just to write the letter to yourself from your lover's point of view. So the whole point was this person ideally is going to talk to you in just this loving and kind and beautiful way that's uplifting and giving you all these compliments. What I realized after I went back and reread this letter was I should be able to say these things to myself. They shouldn't have to come from somebody else. They shouldn't have to be written to me from a future lover. Ideally, a future lover would say all these beautiful things, but I should already feel these things about myself and not need that external validation. So with that being said, I think the overall importance is that a lot of all of this comes from within ourselves, right? It's, an, it's a solo job. But the reason why we keep bringing up what that looks like in external relationships is because that's just the reality of being human. We want to feel validated. We want to have outside people look at us in a positive light. I mean, that's why we do everything that we do because we want to make sure we're helping others or making others feel good. And that's a, a large part of what it is to just be a part of the human condition, with that being said, it's important to recognize how much of the responsibility does fall on our individual selves to work through these insecurities and, like Callie said earlier, not be projecting them onto other people or expecting other people to fix us or heal us through that process. Yeah, and know that this process is not always going to be hearts and flowers. It rarely is, and it's it feels dirty and deep and hard and really challenging at times, especially when you're coming to terms with those dark parts of yourself. But all I can say from my experiences is to leave space for yourself to understand, much like you would leave space for somebody else if they're spilling their heart out to you. And if you've done active listening work and tried your best to be an active listener, Sometimes the best solutions and the best aha moments are when you leave space for somebody else to connect their own dots and you can see the wheels turning. So we need to also do that for ourselves. So when you're questioning something, take a step back and just observe it for what it is. Don't judge it. And then maybe then you'll be able to see it in a different way. Yes, I love that conversation. I think there was a lot of beauty within the details and I would like to preface our next episode. We're going to be having a married couple come on and we're going to be talking about all of the ways in which different levels of moving into a relationship, whether you're not in one, whether you're in a new one, whether you're living with a partner but not yet married, whether you're married, whatever that looks like, we have a few different perspectives and we'll probably touch more about insecurities and hear from an actual, you know, wedded couple who lives together. Callie, if you're comfortable, you can talk more about some of that stuff that happens in real time years into your relationship now. Um, I can go a little bit deeper into being, you know, half a year into a relationship and then Mara can hopefully go into what that looks like either in past relationships or in the dating scene because I'm not far away from that as well. So I can have conversations about what that looks like when you're just kind of dating and looking around for a potential partner and some of the, the struggles that we face there. 
So with that being said, thanks for listening to our quick little episode on insecurities. We hope that this was helpful and relatable and we'll dive a little deeper in our next episode. Yeah. Thanks to everyone for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We appreciate you and love you so deeply. We couldn't do this without you. If you want to find us in real time, you can go to our Instagram at Soul Women Podcast. Send us any messages, questions, comments, or concerns that you may have or new episode ideas. We love to hear from you.